The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks for joining us again for another edition of Winning Ponies. Thank you. I've got two uh, guests that you'll be familiar with. Uh, a big weekend coming up in racing. Of course, they're all big now through the first Saturday in May. And to be with us at the bottom of the hour is none other than the Daily Racing Forum's Matt Bernier. Of course, uh, Matt, you can see him every Saturday on DRF Live with our friend Dan Illman. Hope you were listening three weeks ago when Dan was on because he gave us, uh, uh, I think, three winners out of the four races we picked, and they all paid a pretty good price. We'll see if Matt can outdo them. Of course, a huge day down at uh, at Gulfstream Park, headed up by the uh, Fountain of Youth, a big derby prep. Again, we're into the championship series, so the points offered are going to be much bigger than the earlier races that we've been handicapping. We're going a mile and a 16th at Gulfstream, and I'll tell you what, a lot of legitimate contenders here. You know that when the favorite is only four to one. Then getting points for the Kentucky Oaks, we will be taking a look at the Phillies at Gulfstream Park in the grade two Devon Adele. Again, no standouts. The favorite at four to one. I think we will have a standout in the Gotham Stakes at Aqueduct. Matt's backyard, El Arib, has just really blossomed into some kind of horse. Comes into the race off four straight wins, three of those in stakes, two of those graded. It'll be hard to get past him. We'll see what Matt has to say. And then we're going to go out and take a look at the wonder Philly, unique Bella, who just romped into Lost Virginia's last time out. She'll be taking on the girls in the Santa Yaza Bell at Santa Anita. Again, Oaks points up for grabs. That's Matt Bernier who's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Um, in about 10 minutes, we'll be a name and a voice familiar to you, and that's none other than Mike Battaglia. Of course, uh, you've seen Mike on uh, national television stints. Uh, you've heard him call Kentucky Derbies. Uh, you've heard him uh, uh, on-camera handicapper at Keeneland. And, of course, for many, many years, the race caller at Turfway Park. This weekend, the race in honor of his father, the John Battaglia Memorial. And rumor has it, you know, Mike retired last year. Rumor has it that Mike is going to come out of retirement to call his father's race. We'll find that out. But uh, what I want to know is he and our friend Jenny Reese are teaming up on Friday night. Uh, that's when they have the dollar beer, dollar dog. They think they call it Rockin' Dollar Friday at Turfway. Well, um, Mike and Jenny are going to try to cut back a generation or so and get to the kids and do some handicapping with them and try to keep, teach them some of the nuances of the sport. And uh, one of the things they su should suggest to those youngsters is if they're going to the races, Go to winningponies.com and pick up those easy win forms. Again, had a huge week. Speaking of Turfway, uh, we just had a 50-cent pick five that paid 1894 But with all the huge races at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, we've had a big week at Gulfstream Park. We had a $1 Super 5 worth over 2500 and another one worth over 2400 and another one worth over 
2300 So it looks like our $1 Super 5s are the ways to go at Gulfstream Park. Again, I, I talked about the Devana Dale and the Fountain of Youth, but it's going to be quite the day. They got the grade 3 uh, Fred Hooper up there. Uh, the uh, $100,000 Sand Springs looks to be a great race there with uh, Catch a Glimpse and Celestine. Then you've got the grade three, the very one on the turf. Again, these races wide open with the odds of the Mac DeMarta, grade two. Again, the favorite three to one, Twilight Eclipse, who's uh, in his twilight, but uh, hopes he won't be eclipsed in that race. So, of course, uh, also the Palm Beach, that's a grade three hundred thousand. So that's in addition to uh, the Devon Adele and the Fountain of Youth. So pull down those easy win forms. We'll get you in the winner's circle. Well, uh, had uh, kind of a different start to my day. Had to uh, uh, be at the uh, the funeral of a, a friend of mine. His name was George Smith. And uh, George was and always will be one of the most prominent breeders in the Midwest. Uh, he died at 84 years old. George Smith partnered up with uh, Wilbur Johnston uh, to create uh, Woodburn oh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. I believe they produced over 125 stakes winners that came off that farm. And uh, George, just uh, one of those guys that could, uh, you know, overcome adversity. He was a uh, graduate of the Ohio State University, where he led the Big Ten team championship by 22 strokes. And quite frankly, I heard this from many, many people that uh, not only was he regarded to be one of the best amateur players in the nation, but many people compared him to the Golden Bear Jack Nicklaus, and they thought that he would probably have the same impact on the sport professionally. Sad to say, six weeks before the Salk vaccine was invented, George Smith, at the age of 23, contracted polio. So most of the time I knew him, he was either on crutches or in a wheelchair, but he was a classy guy. He brought the great stallion, Honey Jay, uh, to Ohio, who put his stamp on there. I think he was a champion stallion eight or nine times. So, George, we will miss you. There were some great things said about you there. I hope you were listening. All right. Well, we found out where Arrogate's going to be next. He is going to the $10 million Dubai World Cup. So Bob Baffert has announced that. He got the call. They got the green light to go, and they're going to send him to Dubai as long as he's doing well. That came down from Prince Khalid Abdullah. Uh, so it looks like uh, he might also bring uh, opportunity along to uh, see if there aren't some other races over there. Of course, they're all worth so much money. But Arrogate, he's such an amazing horse. He is a freak, some call him. He's going to be making the trip to Dubai to take a shot at $10 million. And uh, uh, th- the way he ran down at Gulfstream last time out, uh, I would not be surprised if he got the job done. He was absolutely off. And so best of luck to the connections. Well, just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about uh, McCracken and how impressive uh, McCracken was uh, in, in his uh, derby prep and uh, happy for uh, Brian Hernandez. Well, it turns out um, after cooling out the other day, it looks like he had a slight strain to his left front angle, ankle. Uh, so Ian Wilkes, he's not pressing any emergency buttons. He just says he feels like the horse comes first. 
He doesn't want to come back and work him next week to try to make sure he makes it to the Tampa Bay Derby. If he has to miss a race, he'd rather miss that one. Got to take care of the horse, get him right, get him in the bluegrass. It looks like he's going to go to next at Keeneland. So uh, we will uh, be keeping an eye out for him. Let's hope that uh, everything heals up well for McCracken, who is without a doubt uh, considered uh, the top contender uh, for the Kentucky Derby off his recent efforts. So um, the Sam Davis was the last one we saw. Very, very Im- impressive. Um, how about this? Let's hope they don't wear this guy out. American Pharaoh is going to shuttle to Australia. It was announced this week. You know, Coolmore Farm ha- has a farm in Australia. So, uh, you know, I guess he's covering over 150 mares in the Northern Hemisphere. So uh, he's going to be down there for... What is uh, 66,000, I don't know, do they call them pounds? But that's only about 50,000 in the U.S. And in Lexington now, he's actually standing for a private fee. I do remember one time they were saying it was 150,000, but if it's private, it's private. He may be sold out. So, um, you know, the the Zayats agreed with the decision. They said, uh, you know, he's excelled at everything he's ever asked to do. And uh, they couldn't be more excited at the prospect of offering him to Australian breeders. I just hope they're not taking a risk. He's too great of a horse to, to wear out. Well, somebody that didn't get worn out over the years is none other than Stuart Elliott. He's been honored with the George Wolf Memorial Jockey Award. He's a class act. Of course, he was dominant for years in the Mid-Atlantic. Decided to move his show on the road to the West Coast, and he's been doing very well out there. Of course, the Wolf Award is named in honor of the legendary George the Iceman Wolf. Can only be won once. It was presented at Santa Anita starting back in 1950. And uh, he bested some pretty good finalists, uh, Kerwin Clark, Julian Le Peru, Glenn Murphy, and Scott Stevens to win this year's edition. And the Wolf Award isn't just all about uh, money won or wins won. Uh, It's about being a class act. So congratulations to Stuart Elliott. Okay, down at Gulfstream, they're having a sale right now, and Uncle Mo continues to be hot. One of his fillies sold for $1.5 million on Wednesday. Now, this horse uh, has really earned his keep. He started uh, out in the Keenan November sale, sold for 50000 Then the Fazic ticked in July for 250000 And now he goes to $1.5 million. So uh, Uncle Mo, very, very hot as he continues to be. All right, let's take a look at uh, last week's races. Of course, we had our friend uh, Gary Johnson on with us, and uh, we will be covering the uh, the Battaglia, but I'm going to save Mike Battaglia for that uh, uh, race uh, when we uh, get to the section where he is. But at, uh, this week, we're going to take a look again, the, uh, the the Fountain of Youth, the Devon Adele, but let's go back last week. At the fairgrounds, it was Gervin. A son of Tal of Akati getting the job done, an impressive stretch run under none other than Brian Hernandez. So if, for some reason, McCracken doesn't go in the derby. He's got a backup plan. Uh, Brian has had three mounts on this horse. He has a first, a second, now another first. Gervin was sent away at 8-1, to one, put in a very impressive stretch run over 
Untrapped, another eight to one shot. And in the third spot was Local Hero. He kind of fought Florent Giroux the whole way. A Steve Asmussen trainee uh, took a huge lead. I just don't know if he's ranking the lead. And Florent decided, well, I might as well just let him go rather than, you know, spend all his energy uh, trying to put the brakes on. So, uh, again, Gervin, one to watch. Joe Sharp is the trainer. Brian Hernandez is the jock. And at the fairgrounds, Oaks Points, the Rachel Alexandra, it was Farrell getting the job done, the horse we liked. Remember, we had Wayne Catalano on the race two, on the show two races ago. Three stakes in a row now for Farrell. And uh, the good thing about Farrell is this is only her second start. She's undefeated at the fairgrounds now. So she may stay down there for her next start. Uh, in the interview after, uh, the cat was not committed to where she would uh, show up next, but uh, she just looked awful good, went off at 7-2. to two. And remember now, she already has two wins at Churchill, including the mile and a 16th golden rod. So keep an eye out for Farrell. And the second spot was Majestic Quality, who put in a strong finish late. Then at a very foggy aqueduct, uh, we were just able to see Yuki Poo Princess, the favorite, at 9-5, to five, stretch out and do it well from six furlongs to the mile and a 16th. Uh, went by in the stretch, did get out a bit at the end, but nonetheless uh, an impressive winner in the Busher Stakes. In the second spot was Full House, who fought back pretty good. So I think he kind of liked the stretch out to a mile. I think we might hear from Full House again, too. Uh, then also uh, at, at the fairgrounds it was the Mineshaft Handicap. Winning that was Honorable Duty with Julian Le Paru in the saddle. All right, that was a look at last week's action. This week we got a lot going on, but... If you want to learn about handicapping at Turfway Park, show up there on Friday night. You'll not only get dollar beer and dollar dogs, but you'll get some information on how to make some dollars from our friends Jenny Reese and Mike Battaglia, where there are rumors that he's coming out of retirement and may return to the booth, at least for the John Battaglia Memorial. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and again, a voice and a man that's very familiar to many of you, none other than Mike Battaglia, a Turfway Associate Vice President, makes the odds for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, the rumor was that he retired from the Turfway announcer's booth after 43 years, and uh, but uh, from what I understand, though he gets a break now and then, Mike, uh, you're, you're retired, but working on the side as much as you can. <laughs> Hi, John. Yeah, I'm I'm semi-retired. Still, definitely got my Keeneland job, and I love being at Keeneland. That's just uh, you know that, that that that's not even like a job going to Keeneland every day. And right. of course, still working for Churchill. Still working for Turfway. Got a couple newspaper jobs, so I I, I, I still stay a little busy. And I'm going to try my hand at calling races again for Dad's race on Saturday. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the first so one I've it- called in a year. It is official. Now, uh, what does one do to uh, knock the rust off, Mike? Have you put any tapes in and watched some old races or tried turning the sound down and watching a few and calling them? I, I figure if I don't know how to do it after 42 years, I'm not going to learn in a couple of days. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just going to go up there and give it a shot. Well, uh, Mike, let, let, let's I kind of wish the... I only had six horses. We got 12, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yeah. No, the, I'm yeah. kidding. It's great. It's great to have a full field. I'm just kidding about that. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope you didn't lose your memory. You got a full field. We're going to handicap that later in the segment. But for people that don't know, I mean, you obviously, we talk about horses pedigrees. Uh, you had the pedigree to be in racing from the go. Uh, I knew your father peripherally, but what a guy he was. I mean, in the Cincinnati area, he had his hand in everything. I don't know anybody that manages, uh, was the general manager of two racetracks, 12 miles apart from each other in different states and that raced different breeds, thoroughbreds and harness horses at different times. Yeah, he was, uh, you know what, he was just, he was an innovator. Uh, he brought night racing to uh, Kentucky. He brought uh, the spiral. He's the one that uh, envisioned the spiral and started the, the spiral stakes. He thought it was going to be a derby prep for a small track like Latonia back then, that was unheard of. And he also was general manager at Charleston and West Virginia and at Miles Park, which is where I started. So he was general manager of four different racetracks, and uh, he died at 52, John. So he did all this, uh, you know, very quickly. Absolutely. Now, he uh, was the GM at River Downs, too, right? Yeah, Turfway, uh, uh, Latonia, River Downs, Charlestown, Charlestown and... Uh, uh, Miles Park, four. Wow. 
an, an amazing guy. Well, obviously, he passed the, the, the love of the game along to you, Mike. Now, everybody likes to know, you know, when somebody started out race calling. Sometimes it's a matter of circumstance. A guy gets stuck on an elevator or his car gets a flat tire and you're sitting on the bench and they say, hit that mic, kid. Uh, did, did you start when your dad was working at River Downs or how'd you get your first couple of calls? No, 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 no. I started back, uh, I was I was young. I was only 22 years old, and I was working in the publicity department at uh, Latonia back then, and Chick Anderson was the announcer at Latonia and at uh, Miles Park in Louisville, and he got a, a job offer, and I think it was Rockingham, and called up my dad a couple weeks before the meet started and uh, said, listen, John, uh, and I got a better job offer. He said, I really like to go, and uh, I don't want to leave you in the lurch. And dad said, just go ahead, don't worry about it. And so he calls me up and says, hey, you want to call the races at Miles Park? I mean, it was not anything that I aspired to or even tried to do. So I said, well, I, you know, I just, I don't know, I just don't think I could do it. And he said, well, you've seen Chick call the races before. Chick, Chick and I did a, a local radio show where, you know, I'd go on and talk about the horses and he'd call the race. So I said, yeah, Dad, I've seen him, but I've, I've never done it. And he said, well, <laughs> just come on down and... uh and try it, and I, I was very, very skeptical about doing it, and he said, listen, he said, just come down here. He said, uh, nobody comes to Miles Park anyway. He said, the crowds are terrible. He said, the PA system's so bad, nobody can hear you, and no matter how bad you screw up, I'm not going to fire you. So just come down and try to call the races. I said, well, all right, I'll give it a shot. So I went down, I called one race. My phone rang afterwards. He said, just keep doing it that way. That was the only, uh, only advice he ever gave me. <laughs> that is sensational. I, I love hearing these stories of uh, uh, people's first entry into racing, and particularly, I've always been a big fan of uh, of, of track announcers and uh, the, the different ways that they that they uh, uh, came into the game. Well, um, well, the uh, amazing part about it is, I told you I was 22. Six years later, I was calling the Kentucky Derby. I called my first Derby affirmed in Aladar in 1978. Oh my God. Affirmed in Ali Dar was your first derby? First derby, 28 years old. That is amazing, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> When's your book coming out? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not it's, kidding. It's, it's, yeah, that's it. I mean, it, it really, you, if you stop and think about it, it just, just doesn't make any sense. But what happened was Chick, uh, he was also the announcer at Latonia. He, he, he wanted to move on better, better job there. So I took over at Latonia the next year. Then I, uh, and <laughs> actually, the way that I started announcing at Churchill was even stranger because I was um, sitting in the stands. This was about, I was, uh, see, it was 1970, I think it was 1974. And I was sitting in the stands at Churchill. Derby week, it was either a Wednesday or a Thursday, with my dad and my brother, and Chick, of course, is the announcer, and he was calling the first race, and the mic went dead. Just went dead, and nobody knew what happened. I didn't know what happened, and you know, we figured, yeah, it was a problem with the microphone. Well, Woody Bruin, who was the big CBS guy back then, came on the PA system after that race and said, Mike Battaglia, report to the announcer's booth. Chick knew I was there with my dad. And I walked up to the announcer's booth. Chick was laying on the floor with Woody Bruin from CBS, Lynn Stone, the president of Churchill Downs, and a doctor. 
He wow. had passed out during the race, and Lynn Stone said, do you think you'd call the next race for me? And I said, uh, uh, okay, so I called the second and the third race and got hired as a backup announcer after that, <laughs> and then took over for Chick when he left in the fall of 77 and called the Derby in 78. Unbelievable! I, well, I'm not kidding about about the about the book. I know you're only semi-retired, but you got some time. And hey, you're going to have one of the greatest writers in the country hanging out with you this weekend. I know Friday you guys are going to be hosting yeah. uh, the handicapping event at Rock and Dollar Friday at Turfway with Jenny yeah. Reese. You ought to float that buyer because Jenny's yeah. kind of always looking for another project. Now I, I can see you guys teaming up. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It's really not. I well, I got a lot of stories, and some of them are true. There you go. There you, I know you've met a lot of characters over the year. I know, yeah. Over the years, I know a few of them. Um, well, listen, tell me, how are you going to approach this? Because, boy, Turfway on Fridays is like mayhem. You usually have the naked karate girls, and I'll let people's minds go wild as to what that rock band's about. Um, They're but, all guys. Uh, <laughs> you ruined it. You ruined it. I could have just got 10,000 more people in there. Anyhow, yes. <laughs> how are you guys going to approach this on Friday? Oh, well, we'll just be up on the third floor. We will We will just have a small crowd. And we're just going to talk about, try to get, you know, we're trying to get some young people involved. And there's a, when you go out there on Friday nights, there's a lot of young people that they come out for the band. They come out for the dollar hot dogs and the dollar beers. And we're just going to try to get uh, some people, you know, together up on the third floor. We're going to uh, give them free passes to the spiral if they come up. And we're going to just you know, go over the basics of handicapping and talk about that a little bit, maybe give them some tips on the card, talk about uh, Dad's race and the Derby and stuff like that. It's going to be, you know, very informal. It's just going to be something that's fun and try to get some, uh, you know, some new blood interested. That's all. I think that uh, you got to get the, the young people involved because, uh, you know, us old guys, you know, we're, we're, we've, we've run our course. We've done our thing. So we've got to get the young people interested in our game. We, we absolutely do, and there's so many more tools to use other than the crumpled racing form we had that uh, didn't even have buyer speed figures when, when we started out. But anyhow, like I said, you're going to uh, have your work cut out for you in the John Battaglia Memorial. This has brought together a, a pretty even field and uh, several uh, you know, Triple Crown nominees and uh, horses that seem to have a lot of upside, uh, horses that uh, seem to have shown a fondness uh, you know, for different surfaces. Uh, of course, uh, Kendall Hansen will be there with Enhance that won yeah. the prep for this race, the WEBN, and I'm hearing some uh, hot things about Mike Maker's horse, Hot Dad. Of course, Maker always comes loading for bear, and he's bringing in this hunk of burning love with Alvin Jimenez, who rode his 1,000th winner last week. You want to chime in on those or any others that you like, Mike? Well, you know, Mike's got five horses entered in Dad's race. One on, on the also eligible. He's got the top two choices on the morning line with Enhance and Hot Dad. Enhance is a son of Hanson, and, of course, Hanson started his career at, uh, at Turfway Park. He won back-to-back races at Turfway before going on to win the uh, uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile, becoming a champion. He was a horse that loved it. Now, in Hans, he's, uh he's had two starts here at Turfway on the poly track. His two best races, he won by seven and a half. He won by three and a half last time out. And he just loves it. So, you know, that's always a big factor. Who takes to this poly track? 
and who doesn't. Uh, his other horse, Mike's other horse, Hot Dad, has been running against better horses, uh, but and he's never been on the poly. He's handled the turf. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the last time that he ran, he ran in a race at Fairgrounds, uh, the Keith G. Memorial, where Cowboy Culture won. He's undefeated now. He's three for three. And Gerben ran second. Well, Gerben came out of that race and won the Risen Star in his next race and beat Hot Dad a neck. So, of course, of course, the Risen Star is on the dirt. Hot Dad's on the on the uh, on the poly track. Jack Gilligan up on him, and I, I think both of those two are going to be tough. Kenny McPeak's bringing a horse in, and I think's got a ton of upside. A horse called It's Your Nickel. This is a horse that had a, a race at Belmont in July. Then he moved to the grass at Saratoga in August. And I went back and watched that race. He was this this uh, the favorite in the race. Drew off by five lengths at the top of the stretch. It's Your Nickel was kind of stuck behind horses. He came flying home and won that day, broke his maid in Saratoga. He got beat a neck in his next start at the fairgrounds, but he got moved up via the disqualification. And he's coming in here, making his fourth career start for Kenny McPeak, who knows how to win a big race, too. And yeah. uh, I think he's going to be a big factor. He's like 8-1 to one on the line. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And uh, just to throw in a little bit of bloodlines, he's by Dialed In, who uh, turned out to be the leading juvenile sire last year. So I got to think his uh, three-year-olds are going to be pretty decent this year. Yeah, and Dialed In was the favorite for the Kentucky Derby for, uh, 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 oh, shoot, Nick, Nick Zito the- trained him. Dialed In was the favorite, and that's the year that Animal Kingdom won, I'm pretty sure. That's the horse from Turfway Park that won, ran on the poly and then upset the field in the Kentucky Derby. Dialed In was the favorite in that derby. Didn't run too well, but a very good sire. And uh, I, like I said, I think this horse just has a ton of upside. That's what you look for with the three-year-olds this time of year. Who's getting better, you know? Who's, uh, uh, the, yeah. the two-year-old form doesn't mean much now. You know, you gotta, you got to see which horses are going to progress and take that step forward. Um, Enhance could be one, but he's one to me that looks like I think he can win the Bataglia, but I think he loves the Poly. Um, Hot Dad, I think he's had a lot of starts. I think he's getting better. But this It's Your Nickel, just I keep coming back to him as one that's got potential, you know? All right. Well, uh, Mike, I, I hope to be over there on Saturday. I'll uh, I'll stop up and say hi. I won't get in your way. I know that uh, you got to acclimate yourself uh, to the announcer's booth, but I don't think that'll be hard for a guy that was there for 43 years. Uh, I want to thank you so much. Wish you best of luck uh, on uh, Friday with uh, Jenny and educating the youth of America. And I'm telling yeah. you, I'm not kidding. You need to approach Jenny about maybe ghostwriting that book on your life. You might have an idea there. I think I do. All right. That's Mike Battaglia, well-known in the world of racing, and uh, he's retired, but he's not retired. Uh, We're going to take a little bit of a break here, and we come back. We're going to take a visit with a guy from some of the younger generation, but he has turned out to be one of the top handicappers in the country. He works for the Daily Racing Forum. Matt Bernier is his name. So after this break, we're going to come back and break down some racing with the Daily Racing Forum's Matt Bernier. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, you can uh, see him on DRF Live on the weekends again, uh, many times with Dan Illman, who I told you, uh, by the way, uh, Matt, tell him I said thank you because he was on the show a couple weeks ago and uh, he came up with three nice price horses. I meant to call, call him back and say thank you, but uh, uh, he knows how to handicap and, and so do you, Matt. Welcome once again to Winning Ponies. Thank you for having me, John. Uh, unfortunately, Dan just setting the bar way too high for me right now. <laughs> that's good though you don't want things to come too easy to you now do you no no you don't want anything easy but we, you and i both know that things in this game don't come particularly easy as they normally are so it's always a tough act to follow but uh dan actually when i told him that i was coming on tonight he said make sure pass along the hello and the uh well wishes to john so uh, that's great dan, dan's doing doing his thing as usual well, you know, t- tell him if he didn't go back and check the races we talked about, he did very, very well, and I did give him kudos on the show uh, after that. Well, um, it's it's kind of a fun time of the year, as you know. We've ratcheted it up a notch uh, with the uh, with the, the 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 Derby and the and the Oaks Championship Series. Now, pretty much, you win one of these races, I believe, with fifty points. You're in the starting gate on the first Friday or Saturday in May. Uh, I'm trying to just get get a read on some of the horses uh, th- that you liked. Uh, obviously, it's uh, it's too bad that uh, looks like McCracken's uh, going to go to the sidelines. Uh, but according to uh, to e- uh, Ian Wilkes, uh, it's it's not forever. He, he made it sound like it's a bump in the road, but it's going to not not knock him off. I mean, undefeated, and the way he won the Sam Davis track record time, he was pretty impressive. Uh, what did you think about McCracken? And let me know, you know, any other horses you like, like on the New York scene. I know we're going to get to El Arib. That's rather obvious. But any other horses you've seen along the trail, whether at Oak Lawn, San Anita, or uh, down at Gulfstream in Tampa Bay? Yeah, you know, McCracken thus far, like you made mention, it's hard to, to knock a horse that all he does is go out and win races and you know, clearly a little hiccup here right now for Ian Wilkes isn't ideal, but it's better that it's happening now as opposed to three or four weeks from now where 
maybe the first Saturday in May is sort of thrown up into into chaos. It sounds like it's a little minor setback, and they'll get him good to go for the Bluegrass. He's obviously on the short list of contenders. You made mention of LRE. We'll talk about him momentarily in the Gotham. Southern California, I think, right now for me is where the real cream of the crop is. And no surprise, Bob Baffert has a strong hand. I think most people are interested in Mastery, who we'll see, I believe, next week make his seasonal debut. Next week or the following week, one of the two. Um, I'm more interested in his other sort of horse, American Anthem, who he ran so well with Gormley in his uh, three-year-old debut. It was only his second lifetime start for American Anthem, and he went just tooth and nail all the way down to the wire. I believe it was in the sham going up against Gormley, who was a prior grade one winner. Uh, you know, this horse is by Bodie Meister, and you got an AP Indy mare on the bottom. Uh, I think American Anthem is one that we all need to keep an eye on, and I believe it sounds like he'll be going to Oaklawn. And usually when Baffert sends to Oaklawn, he uh, sends there with intention. Oh, absolutely. I look at his record there. He absolutely kills him. And this is the time of year, too. You've got to look down the shed row with Baffert because he's always making headlines with something, but he always has an ace in his pocket. And that's the, the craziest thing, you know. I mean, even go back to last year, everyone thought that, okay, American Freedom, he got a little bit of a late start, but he was going to be the big three-year-old in Baffert's barn, and little did we know, he was sitting on a monster in Arrowgate, who he's not even an ace up the sleeve. He's in, he ended up being, you know, royal flush in the, against the Paradusas. <laughs> uh, I, I, I take it... Uh, as I was not when I read the Daily Racing Forum, uh, that you're not surprised that Arrowgate, as hot as he's going right now, is going over to Dubai. It just it doesn't make all the sense in the world. I mean, if you have a horse that is sound and is happy and is really ready to go, I, I understand the idea of maybe wanting to, to throttle back a little bit. But for ten million dollars, it's you know, or in a, I should say, in a ten million dollar race, six million would be the winner's share. You know, it, it, it's hard to say no, particularly when. You, you know, prior to that, if he didn't go, and Gunrunner, look, Gunrunner is a tremendous horse, and he's really seemed to be coming into his own here, and his first start as a four-year-old, he was tremendous down at Oakland. I mean, Arrogate's in a different zip code than any of these other horses right now, and that's not to diminish what the other horses are capable of. Arrogate really is just breathing different air right now. Uh, absolutely. Well, uh, to move over to the girls' side of thing, uh, just like we'll be talking about LRE with the boys, uh, Unique Bella seems to be uh, in a unique uh, class of her own, and we'll get to, to see her, I'm sure, go away as the heavy, heavy favorite in uh, the Santa Yazabel, if I'm saying that right. But uh, you, I, we had uh, Wayne Catalano on the show a couple weeks ago, and he was awful, uh, you know, high as high as the cat gets on this feral and said not to dismiss it and don't forget you got you you got a filly here um who's already won going long at churchill downs that's her home training base she's been working lights out and she put in a a fantastic run in the rachel alexandra a race that's launched many an oaks horse yes she really did and and you consider too going into that race thing most people thought balladorna would be the one to beat Farrell. All really, she hasn't done anything wrong out on the racetrack. And like you made mention, I, I think it's important that she already has a victory at her home base at Churchill Downs. You know, we, we've seen so many horses in the past that they just don't seem to transfer their good form from one surface to another. Particularly at Churchill, Churchill can be a little bit of a quirky one. So when you know you've already got a horse, you could say the same thing for the boys with a horse like Classic Empire. You know that Churchill's not going to be an issue for them. They can handle the track fine. You can say the same from McCracken. 
Uh, but like you say, Farrell is a very interesting one. As far as her as opposed to Unique Bella right now, I, I, I'm still going to say, and we'll dive into the Santa Isabel here in a bit, but I, I kind of feel like Farrell may be at the top of the main group, and then there's just a shooting star that's at the top in Unique Bella. Yeah, I, I know she's nominated the Triple Crown, but I I ho- hope like what they did with Songbird, they they let her race against the three year old fillies and prove herself and and bring her back in her four year old year because right now uh, she just looks sensational uh, the way in wire to wire fashion that she won the last for Jenny's. Well, uh, we'll again we'll be talking about her a little bit later in, in uh, this show. Um, Let's talk right now about a race that's often had an impact on the Kentucky Derby, and that is the Fountain of Youth. It's now run under the nom de course of the Express Bet uh, Fountain of Youth. And as I look at the stakes-laden card at Gulfstream this week, and I'm sure you guys are going to have a blast uh, on Saturday trying to handicap these out, I mean, there are, there are numerous races where you've got to go seven deep, Matt, until you get to a ten to one shot, I mean, uh, it, it, it's one of those. It's one of those cards where you know you, you look for if you're a multi race player, you know if you're looking for a pick four, pick five, pick six of the rainbow, whatever it may be, you know you try to find a horse or two that you can stand on. The races that I've gone through thus far, I, I can't. I can't find one. They're all wide open races, which is really the best thing. That's all we could ask for as players. You want to have quality competition, quality races, but, but wide-open betting races. And even even the Fountain of Youth. I mean, I know we've got a couple of horses that seem to be the, the sort of preferred choices in here, but I don't think there's any slam dunks in this race. I think they're all talented, and, you know, you can shop around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, I must say, at 4-1 uh, at with first Lasix, Irish war cry was very impressive in in the Holy Bull, a, a daughter of Curlin in good hands with Grand Motion. She's the tepid favorite uh, at four to one. Certainly not a standout, but that was one hell of a stretch run. Yeah, and when you look at what this horse has done thus far, three for three lifetime. I love the fact that in the career debut, came from off the pace, well out of it, actually going six furlongs, and has just slowly but surely continued to put things together. The other interesting thing for me, anyway, is that this is a horse in Irish war cry that it doesn't look like he's put it all together yet mentally. He still seems a bit on the green side, and in all of his starts, all of his subsequent starts, it seems like he's slowly but surely getting a bit better. In that most recent start in the Holy Bull, if you go back and you watch the replays, you know, turn him for home, and once they get to about the eighth pole, he's a little bit late to change leads, and Joel Rosario does a very good job to get him over onto that right lead. You know, that to me, that that's not necessarily a, a, a knock against this horse. I look at it as a positive and say, this horse is incredibly talented and still doesn't really know what he's doing. Uh, I think the sky is the limit. I will say he's probably going to have to work a heck of a lot harder this time around Saturday afternoon than he did in the Holy Bowl because I can't imagine him getting to the lead with a horse like Takaful in this race. Okay, well, uh, who would who would you say are perhaps the two biggest threats? If you like Irish War Cry, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners do, uh, again, it's a wide, wide open race. Uh, you, you've got the top five horses at four to one, nine to two, five to one, six to one, eight to one. Uh, who do you think would be the maybe the two biggest threats to Irish War Cry? Yeah, I, I think Irish War Cry is the horse to beat in here. I picked him second. I'm I'm interested in picking and potentially playing the two Gunavera. 
Um, a horse that I was a little bit doubtful and skeptical of when he was a two-year-old, and even as he continued on through races like the Delta Jackpot, I thought he was running the Holy Bull. For me, that was really what made me a bit of a believer because he was closer to the pace than he's accustomed to being, simply because the pace really didn't develop in that race. He got shuffled a little bit on the far turn, and he could have easily sulked, and we've seen these one-run closers that the minute you kind of take away their action, they don't have the agility to to right the ship and get back into it. Gunavera did that. Castellano stays aboard, and in this race, there's a ton. It, I shouldn't say a ton, but it looks like there's going to be a much more pace signed on than there was in the Holy Bull. I think Gunavera is one that you, there, you definitely, definitely need to keep an eye on. And if I needed to throw out sort of another logical contender, uh, I, the sixth practical joke for Chad Brown, I, I think he's done nothing wrong in his four lifetime starts, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, you know, okay, he flattened out a little bit at the end, but I, I feel like with the two-year-olds at that point, not this time at Classic Empire, were head and shoulders above everyone else. Nothing to sneeze at running third in there. I think those are the two most likely alternatives in there. Yeah, uh, you know, again, I think part of the pace scenario will probably be this uh, Beasley uh, from Eric Hennig. He's had two trips, although not against the toughest uh, company. Uh, Shackelford's doing right, uh, pr- pretty well right now. And then, uh, or so... In the past, a horse that ran in the British Cup Juvenile and finished up the track, but put in a game effort in the seven furlong swale was three rules uh, could definitely be a part of the try. Yeah, certainly. Three, three rules, another horse that I, I've been a little bit down on, but really, uh, what can I possibly be down on him for? All he does is go out there and run well, and it sounds like shipping out to Santa Anita, he may not have had the easiest time of it, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. And I think the horse that beat him most recently in the swill, I think favorable outcome is a very, very talented horse. Don't know that he's ultimately going to be going two turns and running in these sort of races, but he could easily be a big-time player in races like the Pat Day Mile and the Woody Stevens. Absolutely, he could. We're we're talking with uh, Matt Bernier from the Daily Racing Forum. That was uh, we already put ten pounds in a five pound sack. So going to take a quick break and then going to ask him to try to break down not one, not two, but three races: the Devonadale, the Gotham, and the Santa Isabel, which is one that we probably won't have to spend too much time talking about the horse we want to key on. So we'll spend a little more time on the Devonadale and the Gotham. We're talking with Matt Bernier from the Daily Racing Forum, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. And once again with me, Matt Bernier from the Daily Racing Forum. You want to have fun on a Saturday, go to drflive.com. Uh, it's great. It's informative. They go all over the country. Uh, it's great to hear their pre- and post-race analysis uh, on that show. It's like you're hanging out with the boys in the press box, as I like to say. Well, let's do one more down at Gulfstream. Again, uh, just a, an amazing stakes-laden uh, card. Uh, and again, no standouts in the points race for the Oaks, the Devonadale. It's a grade two. I am having a hard time zero in in on any of these, to be honest with you, Matt. If anyone has a strong opinion, I tip my cap to you because you're better than I. Just I, I think you can go 12, way, 12 ways in a 14-horse field. I ended up going with the five, yes, I'll go. Armando De La Cerda, you got Joel Rosario aboard. This is an interesting one where you've got a lot of speed in this race, and I understand it looks like this horse just sort of plays into that, but throughout the course of this meeting down at Gulfstream, in the one-turn miles on the main track, speed tends to hold up pretty well, even with some, some quicker fractions. I love the way that this horse dug in gamely down on the inside of that OBS sprint most recently down in Ocala, and then I'm not even including the career debut. I'm going to venture a guess and say that 90 buyer that she earned is a little bit inflated. But visually, she was tremendous that day. She beat a, a nothing group, but she really hasn't done anything wrong. I'm drawing a line through the sloppy track that she ran on two back, and I think she'll be a decent number. I want to say she's in the 12 to 1 range on the morning line. I think she comes down a little bit, but uh, I think this is a race. Again, I wouldn't tell anyone. If you told me a horse, I wouldn't say that they don't have any chance. This is a wide open race. Well, uh, again, just to chime in on, on yes, I'll go. I'm not familiar with Armanda De La Cerda, but he stays busy. Uh, he's got a 22% record with 55 starts. But what impresses me most, uh, looking at my daily racing form PPs, I love the trainer stats, his sprint to root percentage is 35. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, for, uh, obviously, like you say, I mean, it's always a positive, particularly when you're stretching him out. The interesting thing, too, is I think a lot of people, myself included, the, the one-turn mile, uh, you know, you could look at it one of two ways. Is it more difficult for horses because it's not truly two turns and you don't change leads multiple times? I kind of look at it just as an elongated sprint. So it is technically a route of ground, don't get me wrong, and, and the stat is valid. But I, I think the fact that, okay, she's already proven that she can go three-quarters of a mile pretty well. I know it's an extra quarter, but... I don't see any reason why she can't get it, particularly on this racing surface. All right. Well, let's go to a horse that uh, uh, pretty much is a uh, two-year-old cut her teeth in your backyard, and that would be Miss Sky Warrior, who put in game performances in the one-mile grade three tempted at Aqueduct and the mile and an eighth Demoiselle on the front end, gutted it out. She had solid leads turning for home. It had huge challenges in both of those races. It was pretty much a long way back to third in both of them, but uh, she, she had she had the guts and the determination to, to hold off those horses that were coming at her. 
I have no real knocks against her. I don't love that she's raced four times and she hasn't gotten all that much faster in any of the starts. Truly, her debut, she earned a 78 buyer. and her most recent start, she earned an 80 buyer. I think she's, she's a solid horse. I think you have to use her in multi-race exotics. Would I take something, you know, in the, the two to one, five to two range on her? No, just because I think this race is truly that wide open. But, you know, I feel like in a multi-race wager, you, you kind of have to include her, whether you really love her or you just need to use her defensively. Well, quite frankly, in, in this field, Matt, as, as I examine the buyers, and, uh, and 80 is the top number. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, strictly from a figure standpoint, she fits the bill. My bigger concern is at this stage in the game, are one of these other girls going to jump up where this filly, she's raced four times. You know, I understand it was as a two-year-old, but once you start running four, five, six, seven times, it's hard to see that big jump up. And I know first time as a three-year-old, she has every right to move forward, particularly for Kelly Breen. But I just look at it and say, I don't think she has a market advantage on this field to warrant sort of a, a nine to five, two to one, five to two price. Uh, do you see anybody coming out of the forward gale, like a pretty city dancer or Brahms cat? Of course, a trip over Gulfstream never hurts. Uh, seven furlongs graduating to a mile seems like the, uh, the, the next step in a Philly's career. If anyone out of that race is going to do it, I think it's going to be pretty city dancer. The blinkers go on from Mark Cassie. Uh, past two years, first-time blinkers, route-graded stakes races for Cassie's runners, four for eight with a 530 ROI. I have to be honest, I didn't like the forward gal as a race it just in general. Um, I, I'm kind of against it. If I had to take anyone out of it, it would be pretty city dancer. But I think the blinkers go on for a good reason. She seems to be green as grass even still. If you go back and watch the forward gal, she's got her head cocked out to the grandstand for the majority of the stretch, so she clearly needs a little bit of sharpening, but um, I, again, don't love the forward gal as a race. If I need to take anyone out of it, it would be Pretty City Dancer. All right. Got about four minutes left with Matt Bernier from the Daily Racing Forum. It'll be at the Gotham this week, a Derby Points race, grade three, going a mile and a sixteenth. And the bullet will be on the back of El Arib, a horse that uh, has, has had doubters since it came up to New York from Laurel, uh, but has certainly impressed people in the Big Apple with, with increasingly solid buyers and wins in back-to-back grade three races. It just seems like all of us are waiting now. He's going to stub his toe at some point. He's going to stub his toe. Well, guess what? He just continues to improve. At some point, you have to stop doubting a horse like this and say, he's just a really nice horse. I think he's way the horse to beat in here. Uh, again, at a, at a short, short price, I, I'm not in love with him, but I think he deserves to be you know, a 5-2, to two, sort of 2-1 to one shot in a race like this, particularly because the rest of the field has, has some questions for sure. I think a lot of people are going to be you know, sort of intrigued by the number nine cloud computing for Chad Brown. I know the barn thinks quite highly of this one. That was an adventurous trip on debut to still score. I think that's a logical alternative. The horse that I really want to try to take a shot against Al Arib with, I shouldn't say take a, a shot against, I kind of want to use in tandem with Al Arib is the number eight so conflated coming in for Doug O'Neill from Southern California. They were going to run in the Risen Star last weekend drew the 14 post, said, you know what, forget that, we'll scratch. They ship out here to New York. O'Neill's had some success in the past. I don't think we've seen the best of this horse yet on dirt. I know the career best sort of shining moment came on the synthetic up at Golden Gate, but I think there is something more here for so conflated. So the, the two horses for me, El Arib, obviously, but I, I want to use a little bit of the eight so conflated as well. 
All right, and also uh, when you're looking at cloud computing, you're looking at the Chad Brown barn who's batting 32% at Aqueduct and another guy who has the forte of taking sprinters and turning them into routers at the uh, tune of 26%. And he's very strong with horses that won their last start at 24%. Again, that information at the bottom of the running lines in the daily racing form. Many an old-time handicapper hated when you guys started putting that stuff in because they used to have those secrets <laughs> in their pocket and they don't anymore. Uh, okay, let's uh, pull back the curtain uh, on the, the, the Santa Yasbel. I don't know you you tell me how, how you pronounce it unique bella i mean she's been nothing but unique uh since uh she started at delmar back in november 26th after not breaking her maiden but uh she's just been awesome uh, and a daughter of tap it you know what are you gonna do she's she has been she's just been truly fantastic and you know it, this is one of those things that it's tough in a great stakes race there's not a lot to talk about i mean i feel like it's her and it's Abel Tasman, who, you know, should get a little bit of shine in her own right, a great one winner as a two-year-old. But Unique Bella, the, the interesting thing is, we talked about a little bit in the office earlier today, you're going to have a lot of these races all run right around the same time, the Gotham, the Fountain of Youth, the Santa Isabel. If you get sort of wacky results in the Gotham and the Fountain of Youth, on top of these little, you know, dings that we have with McCracken and, and Classic Empire. Obviously, they're not out, but, you know, a hiccup at this point is, is not what you want. The whispers for the fans, and I know the connections have made it clear they're going to Kentucky Oaks. The whispers from the fans for Unique Bella, if she does what she's supposed to do in the Santa Isabel, are going to turn into roars because I think we're, we're verging on the, the point of in each one of their careers at this stage, is she as good or better than Songbird was last year at this time? I know it sounds ridiculous to even utter that that sort of phrase, but, I mean, just the proof is in the pudding. All she does is go out and just destroy fields. It's going to be fascinating to see. I think she's going to go out and put on a show, and I hope she does. Absolutely. Well, we've been talking with Matt Bernier from the Daily Racing Forum. I want to thank uh, Mike Watchmaker, and I want to thank our producer, Matt Widener, who keeps me in line, and he's telling me, John, it's time to go. Matt, thanks a lot for being on the show. Anytime, John. Thank you. All right. A lot of great cards out there. Pull down your easy win forms. Go to winningponies.com. For Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.